I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special Cheeky Scientist radio show. This is an exclusive show for our podcast. You can't hear this anywhere else, so make sure you stay tuned. Today I'm talking about the PhD job market in 2021, what to expect. We're also going to cover what to expect for the next few weeks until we get to 2021. Right now we are seeing the largest hiring boom of the entire year. We've been talking about all year long, given how uh, uncertain 2020 have, has been. We've been talking about when the peaks in hiring have been and when the valleys have been. We've been able to stay ahead of it by watching carefully the financial markets, uh, the hiring freezes, the spending freezes going on in universities, and of course, all the hiring that's going on with our global uh, 500 partners. Now, what does this mean for you? It means that right now, if you're looking for a job, your best chance over the next several months to get hired is before the end of this year. I'm going to tell you why that is in a second. I'm also going to tell you what you can do if you haven't graduated or if you're not able to get hired before the end of the year. What can you do uh, to ensure that you get hired early in 2021? The, the first few months of the year are always the hardest uh, for, uh, in terms of hiring for PhDs. The job search is at its most difficult point then. Companies, you have to understand, you have to think about it from your audience's point of view. Companies want to do their training at the beginning of the year. Companies have all of their uh, conferences, right? They'll be virtual uh, for most places, of course, in 2021 uh, for their uh, sales teams and their marketing teams. They have their big full team conferences. Uh, again, they'll be virtual recapping the previous year and laying out the plan for the year upcoming. This is what happens in January and February. All of the financial and budgets uh, forecasts, the financial forecasts, uh, the marketing forecasts, uh, the R&D forecasts, they're all done in January and February. It's not an ideal time to get hired, but it is an ideal time to onboard at a company. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to walk through the next couple of months, what you can do to get hired, to make sure that you're in the best possible position to take advantage of all the extra budgets that a lot of companies have right now. Uh, they need to spend these budgets in order to get their budgets renewed at the beginning of next year. Uh, we're we're going to talk about how you can take advantage of that. We're also going to talk about the top careers of 2020. We're going to give you an overview of that. We're going through all of the data from this year. I'm going to highlight some of the careers. We haven't talked a lot about a couple of them. I'll be talking about that on today's show as well. Uh, I'll also be talking about how you can start changing your language. For example, um, using the phrase uh, or searching the phrase or un at least understanding the phrase workforce decentralization. There's a lot of these corporate phrases that you might, they might not even be on your radar, right? Because they're not in your reticular activating system. You're reading through an article or skimming or whatever. You come across it. Your brain automatically puts the word into context. You kind of know what it means, but it doesn't stick out to you. Why do those words need to stick out to you? Because as you're reading through job postings or information on a company's website, those are the words you need to have on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and any professional profile that you're going to put in front of an employer. Okay, so before we jump in, I want to recap what our goals are at Cheeky Scientist for all PhDs. 
what are we fighting for? Number one, there's seven. Number one, we want to standardize the graduation process for PhDs. This has happened in very few select countries, but right now, getting a PhD, depending on the discipline, depending on the PI you get, depending on how long they want to keep you on uh, as cheap labor in some cases, uh, you could be in graduate school for six years. You could be in graduate school for three years. You could be in graduate school for 10. The average worldwide is between six to 10 years across all PhD disciplines. That is unsatisfactory to us. We want to standardize it. We believe it should be between three and four years. This would require milestones, of course, to be put in place. It would require more work on the administration side, more work on the university side, but that's the work they should be doing for you. Number two, we want mandatory overtime for postdocs as well as adjuncts or whatever other job titles they come up with that allow for universities to get away with very cheap labor. Uh, the fact that a lot of universities have fought governments, their local governments, to prevent overtime for PhDs is disgusting to us, and we are working hard to override uh, the basically the stalling that's been done. The, the universities and their, their lawyers have uh, prevented this from happening by stalling the process. Right now, if you're a postdoc, you could be getting overtime if it wasn't for universities fighting this. Number three, we want investigators, your PIs, your academic advisors, mentors, those lifetime academics, the administrators, we want them to be required to take a certain number of credits uh, in terms of both financial and personnel management. How can you have all of these people responsible for millions of dollars of grant funding, uh, responsible for the, the careers and the lives of, of these PhD students, postdocs over the course of many, many years and not require any training? Doesn't make any sense. And it's a, one of the reasons we believe there's widespread ab abuse in academia. Number four, full-time employment outside of academia should be the standard. That's our goal. Why is this not said right when PhDs come into their programs? You are not going to be a professor. The full-time professorships will not exist in a few years. Here's the data. Very likely you're going to go into these other key roles. Why, why is there not a, even a handout on this? We want to make it the standard. Number five, again, PIs, advisors, uh, everyone that's in that lifetime kind of academic role, uh, we want their success in part to be measured um, by how many of their mentees get into full-time employment. So we want the measure of success of, let's say, a, a, a PI trying to advance their career. Uh, let's say any PhD who wants to stay a lifetime academic, any, any administrative academic uh, or otherwise, we want um, their success to be measured in part by how many of their PhD students, their postdocs, the people laboring for them get into full-time, uh, full-paid employed positions, most likely outside of academia. Number six, okay, PhD students and postdocs. We wanna set up programs for them to be able to be employed in industry while they're getting their PhD. Now, internships have been used by some PhD programs. It's very rare. Uh, overall for all PhD disciplines, but some uh, such as engineering uh, do this a bit more. We want it to be the standard practice and not a free internship. We want PhDs just like MBAs or somebody who wants to, an MBA to be able to work for a company full time. And should they choose, go and also get their PhD because it's going to advance their career. If we can set this up correctly, companies will pay for you to get your PhD as 
while you're getting paid full-time employment. There's no reason that a PhD, uh, if an MBA can do this, there's no reason a PhD can't do it. Quit putting limits on yourself and we want to stop you and other lifetime academics from putting limits on you as well. If an MBA can work a full-time corporate job and get their MBA at the same time, you certainly can also get your PhD at the same time. Many of you are working already 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week in research. There's no reason you couldn't work as a full-time research scientist at a company and also be getting your PhD at a local university. Number seven, and finally, universities should only get grant funding based on the percentage of PhDs they get into full-time employment within one year of graduating. Okay, not they should not get grant funding based just on how many PhDs they can get into their programs. They're only based on how many PhDs they can get into full-time employment. That's what we're fighting for. That's what we believe in. So let's talk about the rest of this year now. What should you be doing? What should you be focused on? Right now, we are seeing an unbelievable hiring spike. Two to three-fold more hiring has occurred just this past month than any other month this year. Okay, so we looked at the final numbers for October, and we saw the highest numbers of hiring ever. Now, this is in line with the trend that we always see, that we've seen over the past three years, where there's a surge in hiring in the middle of the year, and then another surge in hiring at the end of the year. Why does this happen? You have to think about it again from a company's perspective. When is it best for them to put a lot of resources into hiring? It's going to be similar to the academic calendar on the off periods. At the beginning of the year, they're focused on getting things done, on executing. Similarly, when the second semester, in terms of the academic language, would start, they're also fo focused on executing after the summer, uh, the summer at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay, so you need to understand that hiring traditionally for PhDs for higher level jobs, the jobs that pay you more, that require your PhD, not the jobs that, you know, they have to have somebody doing customer service or somebody answering the phones. You know, that kind of hiring uh, is much more even throughout the year. But for the high level jobs, the R&D principal scientist or principal engineer jobs, the, the data scientist, the, the medical writing, the regulatory affairs jobs, the peaks are the middle of the year and the end of the year. So this is your time to get hired. Uh, we broke, we shattered our record uh, in terms of total transitions in our flagship program, the Cheeky Scientist Association in October, and it has continued in November and it will until about mid to the end of December. The reason is very simple. R&D departments, marketing departments, every department within a company uh, gets a certain budget for the year. If they don't spend that budget, they're not going to get that budget renewed next year. So it's a, it's a balancing act. You don't want to go over budget and you don't want to go too far under budget. You want to hit your budget. If you're in charge of a budget in the R&D department, your budget's, for example, $1 million for the year. This would be a small budget for some of the larger companies like a, like a Pfizer and Intel, et cetera. Then you go, you, you hit $800,000, not a million at the end of the year. That's the budget that you spend. You might think, wow, I saved the company a lot of money. Up until a point, that's good. But if you're $200,000 below, 20% below, they're not going to renew your $1 million budget the next year. There's no rollover either. Instead, they're going to give you a budget, very likely $850,000. Okay, so companies want to spend their budgets. They spend their budgets at the end of the year on resources. They get their hiring done because they know they're going to have that intensive training time it's the perfect time really to onboard in January and February because you have all of the events already set up. 
that are going to train everybody at the organization on what's coming up for the year, what the corporate strategy is for the year, uh, what the forecasts are for the year uh, in terms of uh, finances and marketing, et cetera. So now is your time. The best thing that you can do to get hired now is to really focus on changing your language for the current context. We're seeing lockdowns all throughout Europe right now. Lockdowns are very likely going to happen again in the U.S. Uh, after uh, in January, so after the beginning of the year. Uh, this is going to happen in phases across the world, depending on the location and the timing and whether you're in the nor northern hemisphere, uh, the southern hemisphere, and so forth. What does this mean for you? It means that you need to understand what employers are looking for now, given the new normal. A lot of countries are still in recessions based on their total GDP. Most countries, in fact, unemployment rates are still high. So what kind of language are they looking for? What qualities are they looking for? You need to use language that showcases your understanding of where we currently are in terms of industry. What industry employers are looking for is you talking about workforce decentralization, working remotely, remote communication, virtual collaboration. Do you have any of those phrases on your resume or your LinkedIn profile? If not, you're in trouble. You're likely not being found. You're likely being ignored if you are found. Risk management, risk mitigation, change management. Uh, employers, if they're going to hire a PhD, they're not just hiring a uh, R&D scientist or engineer. They want to hire a project manager as well as a scientific writer. So putting down your skills and technical literacy, right, your ability to do research and, and write it down and uh, analyze it, synthesize it, uh, your ability to uh, edit and review things that are written down, your ability to publish, uh, your ability to coordinate things remotely, your ability to work autonomously. That's a big one. We're seeing a lot of interview questions right now, like what's your morning routine? How do you get things done? How do you shift priorities? If you're given a priority by one person, but then a, another level manager or a manager from another department tells you to do something else, how do you prioritize? They want to know that you can work autonomously, which is great because as a PhD, you've had to work autonomously uh, for a very long time. You know how to get things done on your own. You are self-driven. The final thing I want to discuss is what does the job market look like in 2021? You know the obstacles that are before you, but I want you to get very familiar with the indicators that are going to tell you where the jobs are and when to feel a sense of urgency in terms of your job search when it comes to getting your first or next job if you're currently looking or when you should start really paying close attention because you might be out of a job and you should start looking for other jobs. A lot of PhDs, you know, we we get trained, we get to a higher level in our education, we go after higher level jobs, we get into a higher level job and we forget to look at indicators on how the economy is doing. We're not we weren't trained in business, so we don't realize that if something breaks in a certain supply chain or if a chicken at the grocery store starts being rationed, something is off that could affect my career even if I'm just a data scientist or a management consultant. It could indicate that I need to get my resume and my LinkedIn profile ready if that starts happening in my area. If there's a new wave of lockdowns, if things cannot get done the same way that they uh, were getting done before and you start to see this breakdown in supply chain locally, you need to take notice. If you start to see it on a state level or a province level, level, you need to take notice. These are the indicators of what might be happening to your career and that there might be a shift in terms of uh, jobs hiring, the style of work, layoffs, or hirings. I want you to get very good at looking at this kind of data. I also want you to look at financial data, not the topical stuff where like, oh, these stocks are up or these stocks are down. 
uh, I want you to dig into which sectors are actually doing well. Okay, so a lot of people have been talking to me about the S&P 500. Okay, but how many of those S&P 500 stocks are going up? Is it all 500? Or are most of them going down and there's only five or six that are going up? What are those five or six? What does that indicate? It might mean that you want to get into those sectors, right? So if obviously the stocks that, are, that have been doing very well this year in large part of those that can be, that facilitate remote work. You need to pay attention to this. Uh, it percolates all throughout industry, all the way down to those seeking their jobs, those hiring for new jobs. This is very, very important to do. I want you to wake up to these indicators. I want you to start reading deeply in terms of financial markets, uh, government regulations, uh, and, and then finally, just look locally too at supply chain issues. All of these are going to be indicators for you of where the jobs are, when to get concerned, when to start diversifying your, your job search efforts or your efforts to get promoted. Now, as far as the top jobs of 2020, I said I would give you a preview, so I'm going to close on that. Number one, R&D scientist, R&D engineer, right? So whether it's the principal scientist position or a scientist three, engineer three, we that's always been a bread and butter for PhDs, obviously coming out of research. No matter what your PhD background is, engineers, social sciences, optics, life sciences, physics or chemistry, even humanities, you know how to research, you know how to collect information and evaluate it for its credibility. You know how to analyze it, right? you know how to put it down on paper and hopefully translate it, or at least you can learn to do this, to translate it from technical data into business data uh, that a business can act on. You know how to develop new products and innovate. You know how to uh, innovate in a way that reduces risk for a company. So not only is this, has this made, uh, stayed the bread and butter for PhDs, but we've seen a huge surge here. The problem is, is that most of you you have research experience, but you have no development experience. That's a D in R&D. Pay attention to that. I'll be talking about it more on future radio shows. Number two, clinical research associate. This position is skyrocketing. And there are various titles. Most commonly, it's a CRA, the clinical research associate. We have seen clinical research scientists, clinical research, uh, even in some cases, technologist or engineer. Um, medical researcher. Uh, these positions are booming right now, and it makes sense because everybody's focus, of course, is on the clinic. Number three, business development. This was surprising. I started seeing this a few years ago, more and more PhDs getting into business development, but it has surged this year. Employers have figured out that PhDs are great liaisons. This is why other positions that are expected to continue to surge are the application scientist or application specialist position, which is that liaison for a biotech company uh, or medical science liaison, which is that, you know, literally it's in the name liaison uh, for uh, clinicians, right? So I'm talking about you as the PhD in the middle of the company you work for and somebody in the quote unquote field, the clinician, the researcher, the person using the company's technology or products or treatments or drugs and being able to communicate to both of them. You can speak nerd and normal person. That's business development, medical science liaison, and application scientist roles. Scientific writing, medical writing, technical writing in general, we got to communicate online. How is that done? Sure, by video in part, but also and mostly through the written word, whether it's white papers, blog articles, whatever it is, companies have to get the information out. They're doing it all online. Look at the surge of online advertising. Look at the surge of online activity, online behavior. Who's writing this information? They want you to write it because your PhD gives you credibility. We're, we are in the middle of an information war, so to speak. 
in industry. And those who can put out the most credible information with the most credible indicators and have the information actually be right, be right will win in the marketplace. Data scientist, management consulting, and project management. Companies are in trouble right now. And they're so big, they can't turn their ship quickly on their own. So they hire management consulting companies to come in and fix things while they continue their operations. Data scientists really is another type of liaison. Your role is to get the data, but then translate it into something that can benefit the business. You'll have to be able to talk to the scientists, the data analysts, but also to the executives, the investors. Project management, again, I told you this is a, a full-time position. It is so much harder to coordinate and to manage teams online. They need a lot of project managers, especially in R&D right now. And then I think I mentioned it, but I'll drive it home. Regulatory affairs. More and more regulations are happening because of everything. I mean, look at, look at just to look around you. The lockdowns are increased regulations. Social distancing is an increased regulation. This is going to uh, stack on top of itself over and over and over again as these regulations get standardized. Employers are having to deal with all new regulations due to everything that happened with the pandemic. This is not going away. They need you as PhDs to be able to uh, translate the complex information that comes out of governments in terms of these regulatory uh, documents and to make sure that they are implemented by the company, by researchers, by people in the clinic, by the data scientists, and so on. So hopefully this helps you. If you're interested in getting hired into these careers, go to phdsgethired.com, phdsgethired.com. And as always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. This takes us to the end of this show. You can learn about this program and all of our programs at cheekyscientist.com. If you are new to your job search, you don't know which position's right for you, you can go to phdsgethired.com. That's plural, PhDs gethired.com to learn more about our flagship program, the Cheeky Scientist Association that has helped thousands of PhDs around the world get hired. It'll train you on the basics of your job search and help you find the right position for you. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, PhDs. G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's CheekyRadio, C-H-E-E-K-Y-R-A-D-I-O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs, and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. 
You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network of over 10,000-plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll to the orange membership button, and click on it, and enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees, Nobody else offers this. PhDsgethired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD, and remember that knowledge is power, and your network is your net worth.